Well, hey everybody, it's awesome to be able to be with you again from wherever you are in the world. You're joining me here in my office. I've got my computer screen in front of me, my notes. I remember this uh, series, we are out and about and we are just uh, taking in God's word from wherever we are in the world. Hope that you've been able to uh, worship with us today. Wasn't worship awesome as we just are able to celebrate a God that celebrates us, uh, that absolutely loves us. We are able to express his uh, love in our lives by expressing our love for him. And it's just an amazing time to be able to worship together and uh, give people shout outs, give people mention in the chat room, say hi to somebody, uh, let us know where you're coming in from. It's awesome that uh, because of digital, we are able to be the body of Christ from wherever we are in the world. Um, for me, it, I get excited because Hey, um, this is the probably the, the most relevant or the most real and the most tangible expression of church uh, for me. Uh, it's not about a brick and mortar building. It's not about how nice the church looks or uh, whether we cleaned it or not or whether we didn't clean it or not. It's all just about saying, hey, we are the body of Christ. We are um, who Jesus has asked us to be. He's cleaned us out. He's sorted us out. He makes sure that the church looks good uh, in his eyes because we are the church and he is in us. And so it really is just awesome to be able to come together and worship God together. Let's pray together. We'll uh, discuss what's going on around here after the prayer, and then we'll jump in to continuing the series on consequences. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that we can come together from wherever we are in the world. We thank you that you are an amazing, amazing God, and that we can serve you and lay down our lives before you. And you lift us up, you grow us, and you do incredible things. Father God, thank you for the incredible things that you do. Thank you that you say and you do. What you say and what you do is exactly the same. And Father, we just love you. We honor you. We respect you. And we appreciate you, Father God, with everything that we have. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, if you haven't already met me, uh, my name is Pastor Craig and I'm the online campus pastor. Our midweek messages that you've just uh, joined are more relaxed. We're out and about. Uh, we, we've uh, had this message series, Consequences, going for a couple of weeks now. Uh, the first one was shot in the coffee shop. The second one was shot in the lobby of uh, one of our locations. And here you are joining me in my office, um, just chatting through the word. Um, I hope that you engage um, in the chat room. I hope that you chat in the Facebook pages. I know that I hope that you leave comments on YouTube. I hope that you scan the Get Engaged, Get Connected QR code on your Apple TV or Roku device so that you can just reach out and be part and touch somebody online. Just just be uh, the body of Christ. It's, it's an incredible thing that we can cross divides, cross continents, cross uh, oceans and be together from wherever we are in the world. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's uh, it's awesome. Um, we're still continuing the process of, of uh, rallying uh, behind the Kampala Bible mission. And hey, if you want to have some more information about that, please feel free to join our Facebook group. Uh, we're still looking. We sent out a thousand Bibles at the cost of ten thousand dollars, and uh, we we know that God will uh, will will bless the efforts of every single person that's been involved in that project to bless pastors in Kampala, Uganda, who don't have a Bible, who have a Bible that keeps on getting wet and ruined. Well, we've sent them Bibles in their own language, produced locally um, with a waterproof cover so that they can have protected Bibles. So we're just super blessed 
to be able to be part of that project. Thank you, Pastor Gavin um, and Rackham Ministries, who we've partnered with in getting out to Kampala. It's, uh, it's just awesome what we're able to achieve when we come together from wherever we are in the world. Thank you again for all of you who've participated in that so far. If you'd like to give into the Kampala Bible um, Relief Fund, it's a serve project under the giving link. You can either uh, give your normal tithes and offerings. Thank you so much for your obedience in sowing in. Um, but also thank you for supporting the Bible Project by clicking on the Serve Project and we'll be able to ascertain what funds you've set aside in your heart to go where. So thank you so very much for all that you do around here. This week we're gearing up for the weekend of Life Group launches. If you haven't already been part of an online Life Group, um, it's a pretty cool way of meeting new people and getting out there. And uh, this weekend, we'll be launching the Life Group schedule, the Life Group roster where you can be involved in the Life Group. Hey, if you don't know anybody in your town, your city that, that attends Victory Life Church, that's okay because you can be part of a Life Group from wherever you are in the world, in your living room. There's Facebook groups, there's mechanisms of being connected to do life together and make sure that we are staying excited for Jesus and excited to do love and fine work. So just really um, very exciting times around here at Victory Life Church as we gear up for the next semester of life groups. Looking forward to all of the stories that come out of these life groups. We've been um, journeying through a series entitled Consequences. And if I, if I look to um, my left or your right uh, a few times today, I've got my notes up on, uh, on the screen here in front of me. And, and I'm just going to be sh continuing to share along the theme of consequences. Remember, we were discussing that scripture that says, hey, to every uh, con to the sin brings a consequence in our lives. There's a, there's a reason. And, and when we look at it, sin is fundamentally anything that we do that estranges ourselves from God. Anything that we do that distances ourselves from God is the sin. The consequence of being far from God is that we make the wrong choices. Um, because as soon as Adam and Eve decided to make their own choices, they chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, they chose the tree that would create in them this desire to decide for themselves. This desire to try and reason what is good and what is um, wrong. And so when we think about it, Adam and Eve, by choosing the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, were bringing about a thought process into the human psyche that we weren't designed to carry. We were designed to work in this bubble, in this cocoon of God's goodness all the time. Um, whether they called the animal uh, lion or cat, didn't matter. It was good. It was honoring God. They had free choice, but every choice they made was made in the presence of God. They weren't deciding for themselves, devoid of God, what was wrong and right in this good cocoon. As soon as they stepped out of that cocoon, as soon as they stepped out of the choices made in the presence of God and decided to do that devoid of God, they took on divine pressure that God wanted to carry for humankind. He wanted to be the provision of good, and he didn't want them to have to deliberate what was good and what was evil. Remember, God had already made a good, bad decision. Uh, when he looked at man, he said, this is good. And when he looked at the earth, he said it was good. When he looked at man, it said it was very good. He could have turned around and said, no, that's not good enough. But he already looked at earth and said, no, this is good. So God was the one who has the authority to decide what is right and what is wrong. He never wanted mankind to have that pressure 
of making that decision. He just wanted us to live in the presence of God, in the goodness of God, in relationship with Him. But every now and then, something happens in the human psyche that riles us up, that gets us thinking that we have to be, we have to do, we have to take on the decision of what's wrong or right. We live in this transaction world. If I do this, I get that. If I get this, I can do this. If I do this. And we're so busy, wrapped up in the tree of knowing what's right and what's wrong, that we've missed the tree of life. We've missed Jesus because we put ourselves on the throne of what's wrong and what's right. And I just thought that over the next few sessions, I would love to share with you what triggers us, what did Satan play on with Adam and Eve to get them to step away from decision-making with God and think that they should go it on their own? What, what happens in our minds? What things does life throw at us that causes us to forget the promises of God? that causes us to be estranged from His Word, that causes us to forget all the Bible knowledge that we have and go our own way. Because when we go our own way, we kind of have shifted and pushed aside God's Word in our lives. And so what are some of those things that, that trigger that in our mind? And just on my, in my handwritten notes, uh, I, I kind of wrote down some things. Um, when we look as a human psyche for the approval of others, um, this desire to please, we start making decisions, what we should say, what we shouldn't say, how we should behave, how we shouldn't behave, um, based on what we think is right for the situation and not what God thinks is right for the situation. When we're chasing our own comfort, when we have this desire for everything to be perfect in our lives and only we can do it, perfectionism is another one that causes us to estrange ourselves from God. Money and things, materialism, we try and provide for ourselves and get the men money in because we, we want things. And then finally, fame and pride is something that will push decision-making with God far away and land the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then when, once that happens, God tells us as soon as you go that route, as soon as you let these things trigger you into being your own God, well, then it's, it's going to not go so well with you. Um, because we need God. We need God because He says when we're in proximity to Him, we have genuine and real life. So I thought over the next couple of weeks, we consider some of those topics. Today, I wanted to take a look at, hey, when we are in this place of this constant a pursuit for more. Um, remember, that's what happened, happened with Adam and Eve. Um, did God really say, no, 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 you can have more than that. No, 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 what God said isn't enough for you. You deserve better. Satan, the devil, introduced into human psyche this, this continual desire for more. More than what God can give. Even though what God can give is good, we think that we have the right to choose because we want to get more out of life. If we don't get that, we're not happy. If we get that, well, then we're happy. It's not enough. It isn't enough. It's more. We need more. We need more. We need more. And these things, approval, comfort, perfectionism, money, fame, and pride, they're all things that trigger this desire for more. We want more approval. We want more money. We want more fame. We want, and it just is a never-ending cycle. No wonder God said when we do things like this, when we set ourselves up um, for more to decide what we should do to get more, we will positively die. It's like chasing after the wind. It just creates in us this hamster wheel effect of just going, 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 and never really achieving anything. So let's take a look at 
the first one this week, and that is really kind of this chasing for approval. Now, when we look at this chasing for approval, it really is about people-pleasing. Uh, will you please like me? Will you please accept me? Will you please affirm me? Um, how many of us wake up in the morning and the very first few thoughts on our mind are, are what will people think of me today? How am I going to get through today? I need to please this one. I need to approve that one. I need to do this. I need to do that. How many of you might care too much about what others think about you? And if, you, if you're thinking that, yeah, maybe I do. Maybe, maybe I, I, I think a little bit too much about what people think about me. Because as soon as I start choosing that I'm going to get my pleasure, I'm going to get my sense of worth from other people, I'm putting my trust in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I'm not putting my trust in the tree of life. I'm deciding where I get my goodness from. I'm deciding where I get my pleasure from. Um, it really is a disease uh, to please. It's, it becomes a form of addiction. I know. I know all about this addiction. It's, it's a terrible, terrible thing to constantly be in the loop of trying to please people so that you can feel better about yourself. Now, for a drug ad addict, they seek out drugs. They seek out their drug of choice. For a people pleaser, you're constantly seeking approval. You constantly are seeking to make sure that everybody's happy with you. You're not, you get distance from whether or not you're in good relationship with God because you get so caught up in being in relationship with others that is just seeking to, to provide you the sense of worth and people pleasing. Now, I made some notes and, and I got some notes from a good friend of mine as well. We discussed this and, and really when you look at it, when you come down to people pleasing in your life, there really are three problems that people pleasers will have to battle. Here's the first one. You constantly obsess with what people think about you, what car you drive, what clothes you wear, what how your house looks like. You are constantly obsessed with what people are thinking about you. You sit down and you are stressed about things you should have said, shouldn't have said. Did they take offense? Didn't they take offense? Now, I'm not saying about that we shouldn't be sensitive. We should just be these brash, harsh people that don't care. Remember, the second part of the commandment that Jesus gave us is to love others. But when we begin loving others so that we can feel their love, we're pushing away the love, that a genuine love that God has for us. We're pushing away His obsession with us because we become so obsessed with people pleasing us that we are not obsessed with being obedient to the tree of life. Maybe that's not your issue. Maybe that's something that happens in your mind. But really, maybe the second battle that you're facing is that you are very overly sensitive to criticism. If somebody just has to tell you that, hey, that shirt doesn't work, that tie doesn't work, that dress doesn't look good, you painted your house the wrong color, you got the wrong brand, you said something wrong, man, they give you a suggestion of how you can maybe do something better. You flare up. Who are they to tell me what to do? Who are they? Do they know that they're doing this wrong and that wrong and the other thing wrong? A hundred people could say positive things about you, but you'll only remember the one thing that was said negative about you. Well, I don't know about you, but I suffer from that sometimes. And so this desire for people to like me, this desire to, and, and this constant obsession of what other people think, as well as sometimes this trigger in, in becoming overly sensitive to criticism can flick the switch in our minds and it, can help, it, it stops us from remembering the promises of God 
and it leads us down the road of thinking what we have to do to make it wrong or make it right. Just like Adam and Eve did, uh, Satan created them in this, this, this psyche in them that says, hey, no, what God says about you isn't really life. I know he says he's going to give you life and that's life in abundance. But actually, if you decide, if you go down the path, of what people think about you. If, if you go down this path of trying to make it wrong or right and correct things because you were overly criticized, what happens is, is we lose touch with the love of God and we become obsessed with what we need to do to make it wrong or right, not what God has already done to make it right in our lives. We forget the promises of God so easily. They roll off our tongues, but our heart is still yearning for the approval of others, not the approval of God. Maybe those two things aren't what you battle with. Maybe the third thing is you have a hard time saying no. Now, I don't have to click on the ra I raise my hand banner for this one. This is me. I have a hard time saying no. I don't have a problem with saying no to conflict. I don't mind some conflict. Maybe that's you. Maybe you don't like conflict. But I'm really focused on I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't I don't want to I don't want to disappoint them. I want to be able to help them if they ask me to help. I want to be able to have an answer that can help them in their lives. I want to be able to to make them happy. I want to and I I, I sometimes personally man, I get caught up in this one. I just have a hard time saying no to people. And um it it gets me distracted from the word of God. It gets me distracted from the promises of God, because I'm so busy chasing what I need to do wrong, what I need to do right, what do I need to do over here to fix the situation? I can't say no. I am deciding what I should say no and yes to, whether I should be resting in the promises of God. As a result, I get overly committed. It feels like I'm drowning. I, I, I say, sure, I'll hap I happily do this. Sure, I'll happily do that. And at the end of the day, I look back and I go, wow, I haven't had a moment to process the tree of life in my life. I haven't had a moment to consume its fruit in my life because I've been running around trying to please other people. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. We finally got to scripture. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25 says this. The fear of man will prove to be a snare. Now that snare, that word in the Greek or in the Hebrew is, is the same word that they used for the ring that they used to put in an animal's nose to lead it around. And so... The fear of man, worrying about what other people think about you, worrying about whether or not you should say yes or no, worrying about what's wrong and right and what should have been done and what should have been said all the time. Man, that's like a ring that's just leading you around. It's just pulling you around. As opposed to being carried by the promises of God, we get yanked about by other people's opinions. Adam and Eve were yanked about by the opinions of Satan. And as a result, they lost more. And so we need to stop being pulled around by the opinions of other people and rather be carried by the promises of God. Whoever trusts in the Lord, says Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, is kept safe. Not might be kept safe. Well, maybe you should think about having a backup plan because maybe God's, maybe Adam, Adam and Eve fell for that trick. We won't because we know, according to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, that the snare is the fear of man. However, those who trust in the Lord, those are the ones who kept safe. Fearing what people think is a trap and a snare that Satan has put into our psyche in the Garden of Eden. It's not just a relational problem. It's a spiritual one. Because you see, when we think about it, 
It's actually idolatry. Instead of worshiping God, we're worshiping the opinion of others. It's actually worshiping a false God. We're setting people up for something that they can't deliver in our lives. That sense of goodness, that sense of peace. We're chasing from people that will never be able to give the peace that we seek, the goodness that we seek. Only God will be able to do it. Becoming obsessed with what other people think about you is the fastest way to forget what God thinks about you. Can I say that again? Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the fastest way of forgetting what God thinks about you. We have to live with a different goal. We worship God. We don't worship the opinion of other people. We don't worship the opinion of Satan. We don't worship the opinion of the world. What God says is true. He said to Adam and Eve, the moment you step away and eat of that tree, take on the decision-making process of what's wrong and what's right, you're going to die. But if you stay close to me, you're going to have the tree of life. And it was true. But they got distracted by the opinions of others, the opinions of Satan, the opinions of the world, the promises that would never be able to deliver the kind of life that God had promised them. We want to have a different goal. We don't want to have the goal of being people pleasers. Instead of living for the approval of people, we want to live for the approval of God. We want to live for God and for God alone. We want to live for His will, for His glory, and for His purpose. In fact, the Apostle Paul said this in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10. Obviously, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. He put it that plainly. He said, that I'm not, it's obvious that I should never ever be looking for the approval of other people. In fact, he went so far as to say, if I'm serving the approval of other people, I cannot serve Jesus Christ. I am in fact serving Satan, the devil. If people pleasing were my goal, I would not be Christ's servants. When we are drawn to carrying what people think, when we are drawn to this disease of people pleasing, this disease to please, well then we have to admit that we're kind of going down the wrong road. We deciding this tree of life is getting us trapped and keeping us far away from the promises of God. I've mentioned this before, but people pleasing is, is a form of idolatry. It's, it's, it really is idolatry. We're putting people ahead of Jesus. We're asking the relationships of others to fulfill what only the relationship with the living God can fulfill. In John chapter 12 and verse 42 to 43, Jesus says this, But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith, for fear they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than the praise from God. They decided where they wanted to get their praise from. They decided who was their God. And as a result, well, they had lost their direction. They had lost their love of God. They loved the approval of people more than living for God. There were so many people at that time that Jesus was speaking to. There was a whole bunch of people that had seen the miracles of Jesus. But still, because they were so fearful of people, they couldn't choose life. They couldn't choose Jesus. Is that you? Have you been in that kind of place before? Have you ever been there? I know I have. Laughed at something I shouldn't have laughed at. Compromised my values because I didn't want to offend anybody. Uh, did something to impress. Lied a little bit to save face. Overcommitted to prove that I was committed to God. I've done that. 
overcommitted to loving somebody, helping somebody to show how committed I am to God. And as a result, I get so wrapped up in the overcommitment to the person that I lose track that the first part of the command that Jesus gave us was to love God and then love others. I know what's best. I know what's right. I can take the decision and I go and invest in something. And before I know it, I've lost track with the reason I'm doing this. And that is to honor God. Maybe we let someone's opinion of us stop us from doing something. We've hid our faith and we didn't share our faith. We, we just stop doing what God has called us to do because we think that we need to choose the opinion and what other people think. It's a hard truth. But it's really true. People pleasing is a form of idolatry. The second fact about this, this disease to please is good news. The first fact was it's a form of idolatry. We need to worship Jesus. We need to worship what God has said. We need to worship his promises, not our own opinions. Our own opinions are rooted in the tree of knowledge of good and bad. But the second fact is good news. Here's what the second fact is. The approval of God sets us free from the disease to please. If we chase the approval of God, and here's the deal, he's already given it. We don't really have to chase it. He's already given us his, uh, his approval. He'd already approved of Adam and Eve. It is very good, he said, when he looked upon them. He'd already approved of them. They decided to choose to opt out. But when we understand that the approval of God that he's already given us, we don't need to chase it, that releases us, it automatically releases us from this disease to please. First Thessalonians 2 verse 4 to 6 says this, On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God, not to be approved by God, already approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. We are not looking for praise from people, not from you or from anyone else. Just think about how freeing that is. Well, it's what God wanted for Adam and Eve. He didn't want them to carry this burden of thinking about what other people think and thinking about what I've got to do and what I've got to say and how can I navigate and what do I have to do and how can I get their appreciation? How can I get their respect? No, he just wanted us to be in love with him and he would bring about this inner peace, this inner wholeness that we chase from the tree of knowledge of good and bad. It's so freeing when we, we can't please people all the time. We cannot please people, no matter how hard we try, we cannot please people all the time. This one's happy with us, this one's not happy with us. This group's disappointed, this one tells us we've got it right. This one says we got it right, but then changed their mind, and then we've got it wrong. We can't please everyone, but because God has already given us His pleasure, because God has already given us His approval, we please God all the time. Through the grace of Jesus Christ, we are the constant pleasure of the Father. We are constantly pleasing Him in the grace of Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus Christ, we are constantly, constantly approved by God. We are happy. God is happy with us. God is pleased with us. How many of people can you say that about? That people are constantly happy with you, constantly pleased with you, constantly encouraging you, constantly pushing you to greater things. How many? Nobody. Because everybody changes their minds. Everybody goes through different things. And that peace that's momentary in taking on the decision of what's wrong and what's right with other people is fleeting. With God, we are forgiven. With God, we are already well approved. And, and, and we've just got to accept that we are approved and please, and, and please God. God approves 
of you. He doesn't just love you, loves you. He accepts you. He likes you. He approves you. He likes spending time with you. Think about it. Your worth isn't based on what people think about you. Your worth is based on what God thinks about you. Here's some things that he thinks about you. And I'm going to look at my screen because I want to read them off. You can look at your notes if you're joining us. You are a new creation. You are forgiven and your sins are washed away. You are more than a conqueror. You are God's masterpiece. You are the light of the world. You are filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You are a joint heir with Christ. You are Christ's ambassador. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are greatly loved by God. Can we just embrace and hold on to what God thinks about us, that he wants to walk with us in the cool of the evening, that he wants to give us everything to subdue it and have in subjection everything that he's placed in front of us. Can we just believe the promises of God and stop worrying about the opinions of everybody else? Stop trying to sugarcoat everything and just be in the presence of God. Can we hold on to it? Can we let it overcome you? Can can we we just realize we can't please everyone, but because of Jesus Christ, we can please God all the time. He approves of you. When you believe that truth and you declare it, this disease to please goes out the window. Because I'm His, I won't obsess with what other people think. Because I'm crucified with Jesus, no one can hurt my feelings. I've already picked up my cross. I've already had to endure the worst kind of death in Jesus. No one can hurt my feelings because I belong to Jesus I'll address some problems, but I won't have to fear conflict because I'm accepted. I can say yes to what God has called me to do. Like Adam and Eve, go and do this and go and do that and go and do the other. They could say yes to that because we're accepted. God wants you to achieve great things, not get wrapped up in this tree of knowledge of good and bad that those thoughts are triggered by the opinion of others. No one can steal my joy. No one can call me out of my purpose. No one can stop me from doing God's will. You see, because Proverbs tells me that the fear of man is a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. I really hope that today's ramblings from my desk here have helped you in some way. Hey, remember, we have two choices. We take on the, 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 the tree of knowledge of good and evil by thinking that we have to decide what's wrong and what's right in our lives. There's consequence to that. God says the consequence to taking on that kind of pressure is not for us and it's going to cause us to die inside. And the second choice that we have is to choose him and choose life. He said, please consume of those trees. Eat of life. Don't take on the pressure of trying to decide what's wrong and what's right in your life. The consequences are going to be far too heavy for you to bear. So I hope today that you've been able to put down the disease to please. Next week, we're going to take a look at how the human psyche is wired to look after our own comfort first. And as a result, push God away because we're chasing our own comforts. I'm looking so forward to being with you again next week. Pastor Jacob is up again this weekend. Thank you so much again for joining us here at Victory Life Church Online. From wherever you are, hey, this is me from wherever I am in my office. Love you guys. Can't wait to see you again online really, really soon. You be blessed.